Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at prestigesubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. So sit back and be carried away to places from around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and now on Pandora. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net, and you can sign up for the Travel Club, and you'll receive some of the latest travel news and travel tips. We're trying to stay really current for you and make sure that we keep information out there because someday we will be traveling again. And I know that it might not look like that right now, but I'm convinced the travel industry has a future. Now, it's true the travel industry is certainly reeling from the COVID pandemic. This has hit the travel industry hard. Many people have had to deal with canceling flights and hotel reservations, and I know for a lot of people, bucket list dream vacations. And before this virus is contained, the travel industry will continue to lose jobs, and there'll be some pretty dramatic changes. But I think the future is bright. I know people will travel again. Sure, we're looking at some new ways of connecting with our fellow adventurers down the road, and we're all looking forward to what the future holds. But before we jump to conclusions of what the future of travel will be like, let's take a look at some current events and current trends with my guest, Tanya Fitzpatrick, the co-founder of World Footprints, a socially conscious travel media platform that includes the award-winning World Footprints podcast. And Tanya, it is so great to have you on the show again. Oh, Marilyn, thank you so much for inviting me back. I love talking to you. Well, I love talking to you, too, and you always are out there doing things and keeping us up to date on what's happening. And I know that you just returned from a a road trip, and I want to hear about that because I've had a lot of people asking me, should I travel? Should I get in a car? Is it safe to go someplace else? What do you think, Tanya? What was it like for you when you did your adventure? 
Well, this was the first trip my husband and I have taken since our cruise back in March, right before the everything shut down in this country. And we went camping and we stayed at a campground, a KOA campground in uh, Chicoteague, Virginia. And Chicoteague is well known for the wild horses and the annual swim of the wild ponies uh, that they do. And so we thought, you know, camping certainly is going to be one of those uh, trends that people will uh, be uh, enjoying going forward. In fact, um, I heard from a friend of ours who is traveling cross country right now in an RV that the campgrounds are making more money than gyms. And so camping is a popular trend right now, primarily because you're in self-contained environments, i.e. your tent, or maybe even depending on the campground, a little cottage or a, um, a, a glamping you know, a glamping tent and, uh, and you, you know, you're, you're separated. So you're, you're not right next door to another tent. And so we thought, well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy this. We'll try this out. And this was my husband's first time pitching a tent. Um, and he did a, a, a wonderful job. But the one thing that, uh, we discovered when we were out is that because, I think people forget when you're outside, it does not mean you get to relax health and safety protocols. And there were a lot of people, I mean, basically everyone was not wearing masks on the campsites. And, um, and certainly, uh, you know, in the lose, uh, you forget that you have to share public restrooms with people for the showers and uh, the toilets and and so nobody was wearing a mask in the loos um i call them the loos sorry but the, nobody was wearing masks and so it was a little bit dicey for me um and not to mention that you know the, the campground which was not very busy and not very densely populated with guests on the weekend we were there um but it was it was there were enough people that uh warranted more frequent cleanings of the loos and so you know even though we were outside sometimes the i'll just say the loos were not that pleasant and presented their own health uh concerns at least for me so did you feel um, that it was time when you got home to just sit tight again? Uh, yes. Yeah. And um, however, I uh, broke my tooth or broke my crown uh, the night before <laughs> the night we got home and um, I had to go into the dental office the following day. And that was another uh, adventure. Um, luckily I, I took a lift into DC where my dentist was located and they did a very good job of making sure that all the spaces, uh, you know, their lobby area, their sitting area was, uh, very sparse. Uh, I think there's one person there when I got there and the dental office is, uh, the practice is quite large anyways. And so I wasn't concerned there. Um, and the, the dentist office 
dentist's office also had new technology, new equipment that actually um, sucked the air or sucked um, droplets as you know they were drilling. There was there was a cons- like a mask over my face that actually pulled all of the um, uh, you know the the droplets and tooth debris. Uh, and uh, and so I, f- I felt very very safe. I mean the protocols were very high. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I my dentist's office was very close to uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza in D.C., which has obviously been on the news a lot. And so I went for a walkabout there just to see. Um, and again, there was hardly anyone there. There are a few vendors. Uh, Lafayette Square, which is, you know, also... Um, use a lot uh, that's still gated off uh, with a six foot or eight foot high fence uh, with a lot of banners on it and um, you know and there are a few people out there but uh, nothing like uh, we've seen on uh, the television um, you know recent news stories so that was that's been my adventure <laughs> well that is an adventure and certainly one thing that I talk about a lot is uh how important it is for people to be outdoors that that is a safe zone uh as it were that here in in western north carolina people go out for hikes and they they go into the woods into the forest or they even just walk around their neighborhoods so i definitely feel um you know for to be able to go to the ocean is such a healing place. Um, and yet at the same time, it, it seems that we might need to just be focused on staying around, uh, you know, just around uh, our neighborhoods or like you went downtown and being able to walk around and be outside. Uh, but it still is very jarring to see that uh, buildings are boarded up and yes. hotels are boarded up and um and to remember how important it is to be safe even when you're outdoors to wear your mask and uh, and hopefully we'll be seeing more signs of that as the days go on yeah i mean well it it's imperative marilyn I mean, look at what's happened uh, or what is happening in southern states and some western states uh you know in virginia actually as of today is entering phase three. And so, you know, their uh, regulations, health and safety protocols are going to be relaxed. Um, And you mentioned the ocean, you know, the ocean is my home. I love the the water. I love the beach. And when we were camping, uh, the campsite was just a few miles from the beach. And so we drove there one day um, and it was really, really crowded. and um, we had our mask on, but nobody else did. So we turned around and went back. I think that's really what we all have to do is just to pay attention. We have to pay attention and assess the situation that you're in to ensure that you stay safe. Uh, but when we come back from the break, Tanya, I want to talk about um, what I brought up in the beginning of the show is, you know, where where. With all of this going on right now, where can we uh, look to the future? Like, what what are you hearing out there? I know that you've you've moderated a, a panel uh, in the tra- for the travel industry. Let's talk about that when we come back. Uh, Tanya, what's your website so people can connect with you? 
People can find us at World Footprints, plural, worldfootprints.com. Well, thanks. This is Marilyn Baugh. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with my guest, Tanya Fitzpatrick, the co-founder of World Footprints. We'll be right back. It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in western North Carolina. Or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Hi. It's Kay, the owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. We share our beautiful city and the mountains of Western North Carolina from the rooftops with people from our community, around the country, and around the world. Our tours are well known for the spectacular scenery, the award-winning rooftop bars, and the captivating city history we share from the rooftops. We take traveling during these COVID-19 recovering times seriously. We've implemented CDC cleaning and sanitation protocols, require staff health screenings before our tours, and provide our tour guests with face coverings if they need one. We are excited to welcome you on an Asheville rooftop bar tour and provide a way for you to safely experience Asheville from a bird's eye view. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Tanya Fitzpatrick. And Tanya, this is the second time that you've been on Speaking of Travel, and I'm so glad that um, that you were able to take some time today to kind of fill us in and catch us up. You are an ambassador for us, for the travel industry. You have your nose to the ground, as it were, and um, and there's there's just a lot going on kind of behind the scenes. You know, I think as travelers, we're just looking at flights that are canceled, trips that are canceled, countries that are saying we can't come there right now because we're highly vulnerable. Um, but behind the scenes, there's an entire industry that is that is constantly in motion and uh, and looking at the implications of what's happened, what is happening now, and what is going to happen in the future. So give us a, a little bit of, of a take on what you're hearing and seeing out there. Well, you know, in terms of um, travel, I think it's becoming a little bit difficult right now for interstate travel um, because, you know, there are as I mentioned earlier, you know, there are a lot of uh, a cluster of states in the South, a cluster of states in the West, um, states that have relaxed their um, uh, quarantine requirements. And, uh, and as a, as a result, and as a result of people not continuing to exercise some level of um, health and safety protocol, the numbers are rising. And, 
in order to um, continue the spread of coronavirus to neighboring states, there are some states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, I believe, are requiring that any travelers from the hot states, I'll, I'll just call them the hot states right now, um, they have to you know, be quarantined, self-quarantined for two weeks before going out into the streets. Uh, and you know, because we know New York was the epicenter and now we're looking at Florida and Texas and um, California has little pockets and Arizona. I mean, so, you know, be, and, 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 and because our numbers continue to rise. Uh, that's precisely why EU company uh, countries are not allowing US citizens to, uh, to cross their borders. Um, you know, we can't do it at home, certainly. How can we be entrusted to, to be safe abroad? And, and I, that's their rationale, and I think it's very valid. Yeah, but uh, you know, on the flip side, on the industry side where you and I live, um, people are still interested in writing about uh, travel. And so I actually served on a panel for the Outdoor Writers Association of America. And they had a, a women's summit that I spoke on. And so we, you know, I spoke to young women who are interested in entering the field and doing more, you know, outdoor writing. I mean, these are outdoor people like, like me. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of interest there. Uh, and so, you know, we, we um, try to guide them as best we could in this, uh, during this time. I also moderated a panel for the Society of American Travel Writers on diversity and equity and inclusion in the travel space. And we know that uh, within the travel space, the, within the travel industry, there is no diver diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion, and uh, and so I think people are, companies are really starting to recognize their their um, uh, shortcomings, and uh, and so you know, and that was a very interesting um, uh, webinar. One of the things that came out of this is you know, travel writers, because of where we are with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, you know, people are very curious about what words um, are appropriate to use or not use, and uh, you know, what um, whether or not using the word uh, Confederacy or antebellum, you know, is that correct um is that appropriate and so you know that that was the beginning uh that webinar that i moderated was the beginning of many 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 more to come because we're all trying to figure it out in this new space well it is a it is a new space i heard uh brene brown talking uh recently that everything is new uh it's all new we're yes. kind of starting from scratch and so there really, there can't be any expectations because we don't know from day to day even what's going to happen. So really being proactive, I've, I've been following quite a few tourism uh, convention and, you know, visitor bureau sites and uh, what uh, hotels and the hospitality industry and, and how everybody is... Uh, sharing the information. I mean, this is something that I've just really been admiring about this industry is that 
everybody is uh, is sharing and collaborating and looking at, hey, we just tried this and this worked for us in this little teeny tiny town in South Carolina. And somebody in Minnesota would be like, wow, we're going to try that too, uh, as far as how to market even to customers mm-hmm. who you can't really bring in right now. However, right. you want to keep your brand top of mind uh, so that these places aren't going to go away. But when we do start to travel again, uh, because of the work that is going on, the work that you were just talking about, being able to uh, take it up even another notch, you know, to be Mm -hmm. at a level of um, really truly understanding and being able to create this cultural uh, connectedness where things are more appropriate and and real. Yeah, and you know, I I listened to um, an interview the other day with a uh, film um, director, I guess, of media and um, film in at from the University of Chicago, and she was talking about the movie Gone with the Wind. Now we all grew up loving Gone with the Wind, um, but you know, looking at it now, you know. We're seeing um, the Confederacy romanticized, you know, and um, and so, I, you know, we're looking at it a little bit differently. But one of the points that um, she made is that it's 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 OK, you know, to um, for, like for HBO Max, they took it away and brought it back. And it's fine, uh, she, you know, but we have to understand the context or look at that movie with, you know, different eyes right now and what it did represent. And the fact that the, um, uh, Hattie, oh my goodness, I can't remember McDow- her name. Mc- McDow- yes. McDow- yes. And, you know, the first African-American to win an Oscar, but, um, when she was granted that award, uh, I think they were holding the Oscars at the cotton, um, Cotton Club, which was an all-white establishment, they made an exception for her, but they put her in a very small table at the side of the room. And, you know, and so to understand even, you know, what that film represents and what it accomplished for this African-American woman, this actress, um, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's kind of thinking about it, it's very confusing um and so you know we're, this is this is a new territory that we're all navigating you know again how do we write about it what do we um communicate are we telling the full story um because i think when people hear about hattie mcdowell winning the oscar they don't hear the backstory you know that she was forced to uh to um dine in a corner by herself not with her you know, her fellow um, actors or the director or any anything of that sort. So, um, you know, hopefully, Marilyn, we will um, we will come out of this uh, in much more wiser, um, much more woke and, um, you know, and in, in, in very um, com- more compassionate and insensitive. I agree. I I I like to to think that that is indeed the way it will be. So, Tanya, tell us again how we can get more information and follow you, because you also talk to some really incredible people. Um, you keep up with what's going on, and we'd like to be able to follow you. So where can we get more information? 
Oh, you can find us at worldfootprints.com. And footprints is plural. And there's just a wealth of information, um, including a story that recently published um, about the life of a... Um, but a humanitarian photographer. Well, that's a perfect place to come back because I'm looking forward to hearing about that. This is Marilyn Baugh. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Tanya Fitzpatrick, and we'll be right back. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. If you want to truly experience a city, dart at the top. With Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, you'll capture the true spirit of Asheville, North Carolina on our one-of-a-kind award-winning tours. You'll experience our city's highly acclaimed rooftop bars, see Asheville's scenic beauty and historic landmarks, and feel the history of our city unfold before you, all on this uniquely crafted tour. We take care of every detail, including band show for transportation, sample cocktails and mocktails at each rooftop bar, and there's plenty of snacks and bottled water on the van to enjoy between stops. Come see why Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours is top of the city and top of mind for the best things to do in Asheville, North Carolina. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Tanya Fitzpatrick. And Tanya, I can't tell you how much I, I, I just feel so grateful to have connected with you earlier this year and to have you on the show and then to have you back on the show again. And I'd love to have you back on the show another time and just kind of keep up with what what's happening and what you're doing. You know, during this time where we have time, following people who are uh, kind of uh, out there doing things that we're not doing brings me a lot of pleasure and uh, a lot of education. I'm learning so much when I read other people's articles or uh, see what they're doing right now during this time. And and I know that you do that as well. And you were telling us before the break about a, uh, was that an article that you had read about a photographer? It's um, now it's an article we've posted on World Footprints. Um, we have, uh, you know, a wonderful writer photo um, duo that publish with us quite frequently. And I love their work because their work really speaks to World Footprints and our uh, mission, our uh, humanity. And so this most recent article um, was written by um, Jessica Barrett, our writer, and using the photographs of um, the 
photographer, Mathilde Simas, who's incredible talent. And it's called A Look Through the Lens of a Humanitarian Photographer. And essentially, it takes us on this journey, Mathilde's journey, um, as she traveled to a, a refugee uh, camp encampment in Uganda. A lot of uh, refugees from the Sudan war had fled to this encampment and um, she interviewed a couple of women there. She, her focus is really on uh, women and women empowerment and and so um, stories that came out of her time there are so touching. As I posted this article and I was reading through it and you know determining where to put her, her, her wonderful images, I actually wept uh, because it's just so, so powerful. And, you know, it, it, it's a hard read, um, but there's hope at the end of it. And I think that's one of the beautiful um, things about uh, this particular article. And, and this team, you know, they've done other stories, human trafficking in Kenya, um, how a nonprofit has helped with that. They've uh, done stories on um, an organization in the Philippines that uh, builds um, or, um, gosh, yeah, offers a prosthetic limbs to, um, to children. And I mean, just wonderful. It's just a wonderful angle at uh, a different type of travel. And, and it's a travel that really speaks to, um, to Ian and I, my husband and I. Well, that is really why I was so attracted to World Footprints when I first connected with you, because uh, your mission and, and being a socially conscious travel media platform uh, is just so important, because being able to recognize uh, the, the humanity of the world, uh, and you bring in these wonderful writers and photographers and, and your award-winning podcast is you know it's off the chart really when you look at the people that you've interviewed and what do you have going on coming up on the podcast whoa well we're working on a three-part series and this will be a kind of a new format for us uh, but a colleague of ours another travel journalist um she we interviewed her about her harrowing escape from india um, she and the gentleman that was um, guiding her on this fishing trip, she was on a, an on assignment to capture and release this um, really elusive type catfish. I think it's called a goonch, a goonch catfish. And uh, they got caught up in the coronavirus, you know, right as COVID-19 really started crossed into uh, India's borders and the country went into lockdown. Um, you know, she tells how as uh, um, white people, she's redhead. I mean, she's a ginger. She's, so she couldn't pass for Indian if she wanted to. Um, but they were actually, they were chased. They had rocks thrown at them. Um, you know, they, they were really in harm's way. And But for one of their... Uh, local guides, um, I don't know, and they don't know what would have happened to them. And they tried to get out. They, you know, had the embassy um, paperwork and the embassy communicated with the Indian embassy, but the um, higher ups did not communicate to the locals. And so they were stopped 
on two occasions from leaving and, and finally got out on the very, very last plane. Um, so as she's telling the story, I held my breath and, and we interviewed her for about an hour. <laughs> so that's why it's going to be a three-part series. Uh, but it was, uh, it's just very, very um, entertaining. And one of the interesting things I asked her, you know, did you feel racially profiled in that country? Because that's not something that a Caucasian person would normally feel. And she said, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and so she, she kind of, saw a different side of the the, ra- the race conversation. So, well, yeah, that's coming up. <laughs> I am totally looking forward to that. And so tell us again how we can connect with you on World Footprints and being able to hear your podcast and, uh, and keep up with what's going on with you. Sure. Well, our website is worldfootprints.com dot com and we are on every single social media platform except TikTok, um, but at World Footprints we're not we're not at we're not at TikTok yet. So, uh, but you, YouTube you'll find a lot of videos uh, that we've done video interviews we've done with correspondents around the world uh, from Afghanistan to South Africa and beyond about their lives their current lives uh, during this uh, COVID-19 era. Well, I can't tell you enough how much we appreciate what you and Ian are doing to keep us informed, to keep the the mindset of uh, travel and the industry and humanity all connected and and share that with with the world. I mean, what what you're doing is a service that, especially in these times, we need uh, so much more than ever before. Yes, thank you. Well, it's uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tanya. Uh, So let's make a date and uh, definitely have you back on the show again. I would, uh, I would love that to connect with you. And in the meantime, I encourage everybody to uh, go to the website worldfootprints with an S dot com. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Tanya. And I'll look forward to following you and seeing where you're off to next and keeping up with all the good work that you guys are doing. Oh, thank you so much, Marilyn. I look forward to the next time. Great. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. Coming up next is our fellow traveler, Doc Lawrence. And I know that he is cooking up something special for us today. So stay tuned. This is Leanne from Biltmore. Are you looking for some simple ways to spend quality time with your family and friends? Then look no further. Biltmore is now open and you can wander through historic gardens, along winding trails with plenty of room to spread out all in one spectacular setting. Ride your bike, have a picnic, take a tour of America's largest home, Biltmore House, right here in our own backyard in Asheville, North Carolina. George Vanderbilt created Biltmore as a relaxed country retreat away from the pressures of city life. A Biltmore annual pass allows you 
you to visit the estate an unlimited number of times throughout the year. You can make Biltmore a new experience every time you step onto the estate. Where else can you find beautiful gardens, four mountain seasons, and 8,000 acres to explore? Build memories by keeping your family time creative and enjoyable. Visit the Biltmore website at Biltmore.com for all of the information and come on over. We would love to see you. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, it's that time again to catch up with our host of the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence, and he's here today to take us along the American Barbecue Trail. So if you love barbecue, you are in for a treat. Hi, Doc. I know there's some folks out there who are going to be drooling when they hear about your love for some good barbecue, not to mention your favorite and mine, that good old Jack Daniels. Marilyn, each year during the summer, I journey along what I call the American Barbecue Trail. It's not on a map and it's unmarked, but I promise you I can find it with no effort. So let's come along and revisit some of the things that I picked up along the way. The epicenter is Lynchburg, Tennessee. Now, Lynchburg is known throughout the world as the home of Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, but it's much more. Lynchburg hosts the finest barbecue festival on the planet, and I'm not kidding. It's both national and international. Maryland, all 50 states send their best barbecuers here. So does over 50 countries. I've been blessed to be a judge for this event for many years, and the diversity of this American dish still amazes me. I've tasted barbecue from Australia, Ireland, Germany, South Africa, Belgium, and Canada, even New Hampshire. What they have in common is slow cooking over hot hardwood coals, chicken, duck, goose, beef, pork, lamb, even salmon, you name it. Now, let me give you a quick story. Uh, it's true that Southerners love a good tale, and this is a great one. The late Silky Sullivan, who owned, for my money, the best bar and barbecue restaurant in Memphis, O'Sullivan's on Beale Street, told me that he was once invited to barbecue reindeer in Moscow on Red Square. He said the smoke wafted into the Kremlin and then-Russian President Mikhail Gorbachev came out for a taste. Under Silky's direction, he opened the grill cover to get a piece of reindeer, and the lid fell on his head, causing a red scar near the hairline. The barbecue trail goes to Memphis, Kansas City, Austin, Texas, Columbus, Mississippi, Montgomery, Alabama, in Florida, White Springs, Milledgeville, Georgia, York, South Carolina, Lexington, North Carolina, near you, Owensboro, Kentucky, Virginia Beach, and even up to Michigan. Michigan does some good barbecuing. Barbecue is pure Americana. It's our own cuisine. This is ours. And it's not just confined to the South. It's national and certainly not just ours. Maryland, in 1825, the state of Georgia honored the hero of the American Revolution, the Marquis de Lafayette, with a huge barbecue in Milledgeville, Georgia. Why, thousands attended. Lafayette was so impressed by the food 
that he shared the news and the techniques of cooking it with friends in France and throughout Europe. It remains wildly popular in Europe to this day. But back to Lynchburg. This is a barbecue melting pot where cooks, grillers, and local backyard gourmets come to share spices, sauces, beverages, and even great folk tales. Make no mistake about this, Marilyn. Our country was founded in part on good food, particularly barbecue. The founding fathers loved barbecue. Barbecue was served in Philadelphia in 1776. They partook of it after signing the Declaration of Independence. It has been served in the White House by every single president. It's in all 50 states, and barbecue is all-American. Well, Maryland, I've got some meat on the grill, simmering and smoking, and that's about all for now. So this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway, following the barbecue trail, saying I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Doc, you enjoy your time on the American Barbecue Trail, and we'll catch up with you again next time. Stay well and travel safely on the Gourmet Highway. Remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. My thanks today to Tanya Fitzpatrick of World Footprints for her travel updates and great stories, and to our fellow traveler and the host of the Gourmet Highway, Doc Lawrence. So I hope you're all trying to stay sane when the world around us seems so in chaos. You know, it's easy to get caught up with the noise coming from all directions. But remember, instead of feeling powerless, evaluate what you know is true in the moment and take some time to be grateful. We have so much to be grateful for. And keep dreaming of that bucket list vacation you want to take. Go take a hike. Walk around your neighborhood. Call up a friend and catch up. Take a virtual tour to someplace exotic and far away. Remember, you have the power to initiate action, no matter how big or small. Do something to add a sense of positivity in your life. You'll find you'll feel calmer and more in control. Go out and have a wonderful week. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Run.